Welcome to Power and Praises Deliverance Ministries podcast. We hope today's message inspires you and encourages you to dig deeper into God's word. Enjoy the message. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, I believe, amen, that there is a, the, the theme for praise and worship with my wife singing, He's All We Need. Amen. And uh, Pastor Kim singing the song, amen, uh, pretty much with the same tone. Hallelujah, he's all we need. Amen. And uh, tonight, praise God, I want to just bring a different, uh, because this is a very familiar passage of scripture, if I can just look at it in a different way to some extent. Amen. And realize that he really is all that we need. Amen, somebody. Praise the Lord. When we consider Amen. Nebuchadnezzar, he was a very egotistical uh, tyrant. Uh, he was sold on himself. He, he conquered Nineveh, a city that, that was never to be conquered at the age of 17, the Bible says. He, he conquered them with 50,000 men, a, a fierce group of men, hallelujah, who who were like none other. That have, they, they, they are the ones that have were pretty much the selected the best men that Nebuchadnezzar could have ever found. They were mean and they were cruel. Uh, that they, they, they would tie, the Bible says, they, they would tie, amen, the foreign soldiers to carts and they would pull them apart, according to the word of God, in four different directions. And Nebuchadnezzar controlled them by the fierceness by his own personality and character. Uh, not by a sword or any type of a weapon, but Nebuchadnezzar controlled, amen, by his own power. Hallelujah. Just by who he was, he gained control over the land. Amen. By the age of 25, the Bible says he was the world ruler. Can you imagine having a man like that controlling the world at the age of 25? I personally don't mind being around people with power if they are mature enough to handle it. Uh, but Nebuchadnezzar was the king of a fellow that you just did not play with because you, you did not know where he was at any given time. He, he may choose to put up a, 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 an image of himself and the image according to the history books Amen. Was not of another God, but an image of himself. And the Bible lets us know, if I can break the story down a little bit, that there are three Hebrew boys who stood up against, amen, uh, the, the, the image, against him in a way that showed that uh, they believed in God. It's difficult to grasp that they could believe in God, amen, with the faith that they had in God, because particularly with what they had gone through, what they had been through, amen, whenever you see anyone in battle in the Old Testament, you will begin to understand it's a battle with gods. Anytime there was the battle, it was a battle between gods, because each nation went before their God, before they went into battle, and it was assumed that they, uh, that their God would represent them, and whose God would be more powerful, who would give them 
the victory in the midst of the battle. Hallelujah. God has never had an image of himself put up. God has never required, amen, a, a golden image to be worshipped of him because an image would have to be uh, garnished by our own thoughts, by our own minds. An image of God would be based upon what we would think, our very own perception of who God is. And God has always allowed himself to be outside what we could ever think or what we could imagine. In other words, none of us would get it right if we were to build an image of God, which means now... None of us have ever seen him, really. None of us have ever smelled him. Whereas other nations formed gods and they drew their gods that they, 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 they were visible to them. But our God, how do you form the shape of an omnipresent God? How, how is it that you form the shape of a king who's the king above all kings? When he, when he takes himself out of our own minds, out of our own perception, then he has to speak to us now on a spiritual level. That means the relationship that we have with God has to be spiritual. It has to be in the spirit. His spirit speaks to my spirit over the bridge of faith and it lets my spirit now come in full communion contact with the Lord of the Lords. I'm just building myself here. Follow me as I draw the roadmap with you. He, 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 the senses limits us. We cannot depend on our senses, what we feel, think, what we touch. Amen. Uh, to limit uh, who God really is to us because the matter of fact is that God can shock us and surprise us in any given way, shape, or form. He can speak through the rocks. He can speak through the waters. He can speak through the wind. Amen. He can come in any way, shape, or form. And so uh, he's almost untraceable. He's almost undetectable, if you will. And this is why we've got to worship him, the Bible says, in spirit and in the truth. Come on and take your hand. A clap and give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes to make intercession with moanings and groanings that cannot be uttered. A, a groaning, not, not a mmm and not a mmm. The Bible says it cannot be uttered, which means there is no sound. Hallelujah, Jesus. There is no sound. In other words, God is making a deposit in your spirit and you are not even aware that he is doing so. He's, he, you're not even cognizant of the fact that the Lord is speaking and fixing in your spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. I remember some time ago I was not feeling well. Hallelujah. And the Lord used a man of God to come and prophesy to my life and say the reason why the Lord caused you not to feel well, it's not that you weren't feeling well, but the Lord needed your body for a moment. He needed to take two, three days just to minister into your body. 
body. And so what you thought you weren't feeling well was the Lord just preparing your spirit, just speaking into your spirit. I didn't even know it. I didn't even realize it. But something was churning on the inside of me. And so oftentimes now when we come to the groanings that cannot be uttered, we realize that this is God working himself in the spirit realm, doing a download inside of you. How can you have peace? Hallelujah. That passes all understanding if your relationship with God. Hallelujah. What you think about God. Hallelujah. Is not really in, in, in coincident with who he is and what he is. Because it is a peace that gives you, hallelujah, the spiritual understanding. This is something that your mind has got to be able to receive. And the truth is that our mind cannot always comprehend the things of God. Our minds cannot always comprehend, hallelujah, the operation of God. And this is why he has to give us a revelation. A revelation are the, to speak to those things that are to come. A revelation are the deep inner things, the secrets that God would only reveal to his children and people according to the word of God. And the Bible now lets us know that these three Hebrew boys, they've been through something. Hallelujah, Jesus. The Bible lets us know if you read the story very well, they lost it all. Hallelujah, God. They have nothing less, nothing else left for them. Hallelujah, God. But yet they made a decision. Hallelujah, that I am still going to serve God. They made the decision that their faith is still going to hold on even in the midst of losing everything that they had. They had every reason, hello somebody, to bow down and worship this idol. After all, they're taken from a land, hallelujah, without choice. And now they are brought in because Nebuchadnezzar called for the very best. And now these men are brought into a place where they're forced to worship God. They're taken out of their prayer zone. They're taken out of coming to church Sunday after Sunday. They're, they're taken away from lifting holy hands and worshiping Him. They're taken away from their friends and their families. They, they lose everything that they have, the Bible says. And they are dropped into a situation where they're given almost everything they need. But the very one thing that they will not do is bow down and worship this golden image. The Bible talks about two boys named John and the other named Jesus. And the Bible lets us know that the unconscious John in the mother's womb, hallelujah, the two mothers meet up to, they come together and Mary goes out into the country to meet Elizabeth the Bible says and the two boys were in the stomachs the two boys were in the womb and they still hallelujah while they're in the mother's room the John comes in contact hallelujah with Jesus in the womb and the Bible says that there is a leaping there is a jumping that begins to take place hallelujah if you want to really know God if you really 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 want God 
you're going to have to know what it is to come into the presence of God. Hallelujah. Forgetting about everything else. Not realizing, hallelujah, that all that you're going through has been weighing you down and burdening you down. But if you really, really want God, you see, John met Jesus when he had nothing on his mind. He had no care in the world because after all, he was still in the mother's womb. And this is why it is so easy for John to have received the Holy Ghost so easily. Because when he go, got, go down on his knees, hallelujah, he did not have to think about what is cooking on the stove. And he did not have to think about rent being paid. His mind was still in a, a mature in, in a mature state. His mind was not corrupted with anything. And so all he had was the Holy Ghost. And so he was able to receive God in a dynamic and unusual way. The Bible says these three Hebrew boys, they had been on a steady decline. Hallelujah. It's not that they had just walked into Babylon. Ah, but the Bible says that they got there, hallelujah, and Nebuchadnezzar, in the midst of Israel, that they could have, uh, they, 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 they could not have been defeated, because God was with them, hallelujah, they could not be defeated, because God was always walking with them, we have to detect and realize that there is a faith amongst these three young men, that is very peculiar, very unusual, because how many of us today, would be put into a situation, where we'll be putting a test between God, hallelujah, and what we really, really need. How many of us would deny God just to get what we really, really want? Hallelujah. As though God does not see. Uh, there, 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 there's coming an end time. Hallelujah. When some of us, the Bible says, we will be put to the test and see who will be for God and who will be, hallelujah, for the Antichrist. Who will bow down in the end times? We're, we're ultimately one of these things. We're going to have to make a choice. Will we choose God? Hallelujah. What will we choose when we are put into a peculiar situation? And these young men, they decided that I'm not going to be afraid of my enemies. If I'm going to walk with God and in the principles of God, then I have nothing to fear. I don't have to worry about the rumors. I don't have to worry about the lies. I don't have to worry about going to bed at night and fretting because why? I serve a God who sits up in the heavens and who looks down on the earth and he said to me that never have I seen my righteous forsaken no matter the seed will be begged for bread I know that sometimes we go to God and he seems silent sometimes and it seems like he is not listening and it seems like God where are you in the midst of what I'm going through uh, hallelujah, Jesus. Uh, but if you can just hold on to the principles uh, of faith, uh, just a little while longer, we will see that in due time we shall reap uh, if we faint not. Uh, because it's the principles that now lead us uh, into the protection of God. Uh, and as long as you are walking within the confinement 
Then no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Oh, I wish I had a praying church here. I'm trying to take my time. Hallelujah, Jesus. The enemy can only get you outside of the principles of God. Hallelujah. If you really, really, really wanted to destroy you, you would have to set your mind outside of the things of God. The Bible lets us know about Sambalat and Tobias. Hallelujah. They reached a point where they went, hallelujah, to the man of God and said, Come on outside here. Ah, because we want to deliver a message to you. And the man of God looked at them and said, I'm not coming outside of this fence. I'm not coming outside of this wall. Because if I come outside here, then you're surely going to kill me. And so he stayed right where he is. Hallelujah, Jesus. The enemy has designed this thing that you would get upset every time. And he wants to paint a picture, hallelujah, to frustrate your spirit and cause you to see things that are really not as though they are. And the enemy has plotted and made the image, hallelujah, to come against your prayer life and to come against, hallelujah, your walk with God. And the enemy has formed this thing real good and convinced you and convinced everybody around you that you're surely going to fail and that this thing is not going to work out. But if you can stay amongst the principles of God, hallelujah, the Lord raised up a nation, hallelujah, to chasten them that bring and bring them back to the word of God. And because everybody thought that it was a battle of God's, they thought that Jehovah had lost his power. Hallelujah, Jesus. And if you look at Isaiah, he often tells them that I am God. And besides me, there is no other. And if you think that you are being rejected, hallelujah, if you think that you're being defeated because some other God is greater than me, you're making a sad mistake. I am the one who's whooping you. Hallelujah. Through these other battles. But stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I'm coming to my message. First, the Bible says they had lost the battle. Second, they have been taken out of their homeland. And they are now in the most significant place of their life. Hallelujah. Because they're forced to fellowship in Israel. Because Nebuchadnezzar made sure he would always took the best. And not only that, but he also, hallelujah, they also lost the treasures of the temple. Hallelujah. And so, uh, when they lost the treasures of the temple, the Bible lets us know that these men also became eunuchs. Oh, God Almighty. How can you only imagine that God created you to become something and all of a sudden somebody makes you to be something else. These men become eunuchs. That means they have to be sold out. Hallelujah. They cannot no more have any type of love or interracial intercourse. No kind of sexual relationship. After all, God, when he made man, my God he put sex in man I'm going to break this down for the church
what's real good. Um, he said, I'm going to put sex in man. And when he put sex in man, he spoke to man and said, be fruitful and multiply. And then here comes Nebuchadnezzar and takes these three Hebrew boys and says, no more sex for you. Now you're going to be sold out for me. This is getting contrary now to what God's plan for man is. Hallelujah. And this is why our world now, we are falling into diverse situations because our governments and our world rulers are taking things that God has made a mandate and said, thou shalt not. And man now has come into power. Hallelujah. And has allowed certain things to take place in our land. We're getting ready now in the month of June for the gay pride parade. Hallelujah, Jesus. I heard somebody ask a man a question of how many genders there are. And the man put it like this and says, well, when it boils down to it, hallelujah, and you die and you go into your grave and they come and dig up back your body. There's only one way to determine, hallelujah, the gender that you are. And it all boils down to male and to female. You can change your sex all you want, hallelujah, but you've got to go back to what God created you to be in the first place. And it's got to be male or female. We find that the world is in a problem now because the powers of man hallelujah they have taken it and made their way and they have taken the word of God and construed their own thoughts and made legal certain things that God said there shall not be but I hear the voice of heaven today hallelujah Jesus saying God is coming back hallelujah God almighty and he's coming back looking for a church without spot or wrinkle in other words things have got to go back to the way they were things are getting ready to make a U-turn hallelujah Jesus where people think they become rulers of the land where men that would think they were women and women who think they are men hallelujah think that they can rule the land God says I'm coming back hallelujah and when I come back I'm coming back as king of kings oh God almighty I'm the lord of lords don't take me wrong and don't misunderstand me I have no problem with gifts and lesbians I love them just the same I will embrace you just the same I will love on you just as Christ loved the church but the one thing that the Lord does not like is when we take his word and begin to change it around for our good and for our favor the Bible actually says that any man that takes his word and changes it around for their good. He said, woe is them. Death shall be upon them. Hello, somebody. Come on and clap your hands and give the Lord a praise right here. Let me 
come back to the word of God. And so these three Hebrew boys, they realize quickly that they don't need to fear anybody less than God. Because God is the only one who has total charge over everything. So even though you're connected to God, hallelujah, you are connected to him by the spirit. Which means you can be in a mess with everything right now. But your spirit man is able to discern that a breakthrough is coming. Your spirit man should be able to say, I know I'm standing in the midst of a fiery furnace right now. But I see daylight. I see the sun getting ready to shine. The spirit man that is connected to God will allow you to walk through the furnace and not be burned by the fire. The spirit man that you're connected to will allow you to say, Yay, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death. Can I preach in the church? I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They shall comfort me. Hallelujah. I can walk on the heads of serpents and scorpions. And I don't have to worry. I don't have to fear. I don't have to tremble. Why? For thou art with me. Stop your neighbor and say, The Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. Hallelujah, Jesus. The Bible puts it like this in the book of Judges. God said to Israel, Fear not the faces of men that intimidate you. If you know the thing is right, then stand for it. Hallelujah, Jesus. And so one thing I know for sure is that my spirit will never lead me wrong. Because my spirit is connected to Christ. You see, my flesh will be led wrong. My body will be led wrong. But my spirit can never, never lead me wrong. It's the one thing that's connected to God. Hallelujah. Yes, we sin. But it's not because of the spirit why we sin. It's because of the flesh why we sin. It's because of our body why we sin. But one thing I know for sure is that the spirit man that I was connected to is a spiritual God up in heaven. And he will lead me and direct me. And he will cause me to walk upon waters. He will cause me to lift up my head among the enemies. He will cause me to make my table in the presence of my enemies. He will cause my enemies to become my footstool. Do I have a praying church that can help me? Just lift up your hands and say, Bishop, you're talking to me. You're talking to me. You're talking to me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Faith then is the title that you believe God for. 45 years, Caleb had the title. He had never walked in the land, but the title, the land was his. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm entitled to this thing. I'm entitled for everything that I believe God for. I'm entitled to be more than what I am today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because you've been walking in fear. You've been walking in restrictions because of your circumstances. But now that you're connected to God, I believe God. And because I believe in God, 
God. I believe that I'm entitled. I believe that God has to give unto me just what the Bible says. He said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. I wish somebody can all taste and see that the Lord is good. I don't know if have you tried Jesus. Oh God, the old time folks used to say, have you tried Jesus? He's alright. Clap your hands and give the Lord a praise one more time. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm coming to the message. There has to be a conviction of what you believe in God. You don't need a committee to decide on what God should do in your life. You don't need anybody to dictate to you on what road you should walk on. But just as long as God is leading you, and as long as you're believing in God, He said that the steps of a righteous man avail him much. And what the songwriter puts it like this and says, I can't even walk without you holding my hands. Hallelujah, Jesus. So there has to be something on the inside of you that allows you and keeps drawing you back to the presence of God. It's called believing in God for something. Hallelujah, Jesus. You see, Brother CJ, when you want a house and you want it bad enough, you're going to do everything that you can to get possession of that house. You're going to fix your credit. You're going to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. Why? Because you really want the house. There's got to be the same conviction when it comes to the things of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I can hear God say, how bad do you want it? Your faith has got to be convicted in God. It has to have something to continually pull upon God for. You've got to keep on knocking heaven and saying, God, it's me again. And you come back tomorrow and say, God, I'm not through yet. You come back in four hours and say, God, this thing is still bothering me. You come back in two more hours and say, God, it's me again. I've got another issue, God. And you, your faith has got to take you to where you need to go. These three Hebrew boys made up in their mind from the moment they walked into the city that we're going to huddle together and say one thing we're not going to do. We're not going to bow down to their king. We're not going to bow down to no image. We'll eat their food. We'll laugh with them. We'll talk with them. We'll body body with them. But we won't bow down to their God. We will not worship their God. I will not say amen to the God. My faith has got to be convicted. I got hooked on Jesus a long time ago. Been running for Jesus a long time, and I'm not tired yet. The, the Bible tells me of a story. Hallelujah, Jesus. Of a, a sick man. Hallelujah. That ran into the temple. Let me just cut the story short. After Paul and Silas got through Paul, Paul, Paul and, and, and what's his name? The, the, the disciples. Hallelujah. Got through healing the man. Ah, the man runs through the temple. Peter and John runs through the temple. And look what the Lord has done. And then the 
priest come to the scene and say one thing we don't want you to do hallelujah Jesus we don't want you preaching this Jesus thing in our town anymore and they looked back at him and said one thing I know for sure is that on Monday it's Jesus Tuesday is Jesus Wednesday is Jesus every day of my life is Jesus I only know him to be a father and a friend I know him to be a brother and a sister I know him to be a lover and a wingmaker I know him to be a good father I know God in so many ways that all I can do is to clear the name of Jesus no matter where I am no matter what I've done all I can do is just lift up the name that is It's because they found him to be a deliverer before they found him to be a way maker before and they made up in their mind that this time we know God too much. I don't know how about you, but how well do you know God? Do you know him to be a deliverer? Do you know him to be your way maker? Can you just picture the scene for a minute? says that these young men when the trumpets blew and the horns began to blow and the cymbals began to knock everyone wants to bow down in the city to this idol and almost how many thousands of men hallelujah got down on their knees and if you can picture it with me please only three men stood up amongst them you want to talk about standing out you want to talk about people looking at you you want to talk about feeling embarrassed you try to be the only three people hallelujah standing up not bowing down in front of this golden image hallelujah Jesus and these young men stood up they pour their hands and they look at that one bow down they look over here everybody bow down they look behind them everybody bow down. I can hear Shadrach whisper to Abednego and say I just we want a ton of y'all. Can I please in the church? I hope Hello somebody. I don't know what they're going to do with us. But it's just going to be three of us. I know 
never change. I said, I tell you, when you hear the sound, hallelujah, you better bow down. And Nebuchadnezzar's boys look at Nebuchadnezzar and said, King, you don't even have to sound the cymbal. You don't even have to bang the drum. You don't even have to do nothing, King. Because I'm telling you from now, we're not going to bow down. We're not going to worship. Don't waste your time, King. It's a waste of time. Some of you think that when you come, hallelujah, and you just call on God, nothing is happening. But can I tell you, when you call on the name of the Lord, the atmosphere begins to shift. Begins to happen, things begin to work out in your favor. I can hear the Lord say, Amen, and call on my name, shall be said. Hallelujah from the hand of the enemy. Come on, somebody say, Jesus, shout out Jesus one more time. He's coming into the midst of your fire. Say, Jesus, of your children. Said Jesus. I'm in the midst of your marriage. Said Jesus. I'm in fire on your worship. Come on and give a lot of praise. for something. If your faith in God is not always holding on to God, you'll find that you'll fall easily into the traps of the enemy. You'll fall easily distracted into the traps of the enemy. Your faith, the Bible puts it like this and says, you've got to pray without ceasing. You've got to be like an engine that keeps on turning. Hallelujah, Jesus. And this should let you know that your faith has come to continuously be running like a machine that never turns off. And the moment you turn off the machine, you'll find that it begins to collect dust. Operation comes to a halt, and all of a sudden your belief has now begun to be disrupted with the things of life, the trials of life, and so we've got to continuously now let our faith be looking up to God. This is why, hallelujah, we speak in tongues. This is why we have a communication with God. Oh yes. The Bible calls it unknown tongues. Uh, you've heard me teach about it before. That's because, hallelujah, when we are in communion with God, we're sending up a prayer language. And what he does when it goes up is that he's sending that down the prayer language. And so it's almost like throwing it up and it coming back down. You throw it up and it comes back down. And this is what your faith in God should look like. Ah, you set it up and it comes right back down. You set it up and it comes right back down. So we don't 
have any reason to fear. Why? Because God is now on our side. And your faith in God now takes you to the place that you need to be at. And so you can walk into the midst of the furnace just like these boys did. And realize, hallelujah, that you the fire will not burn you. I'm coming to where I need to go. Hallelujah, Jesus. They said, Nebuchadnezzar said, ah, if your God is real, ah, then you can begin to call on your God. And certainly he will show up for you. And these three boys have so much faith in God. These three boys, God has delivered for them time and time again. Hallelujah, Jesus. Then they said, we've seen God work before. We've seen him part the waters. We were there. We can give a testimony of it. Hallelujah, Jesus. They can say, we've seen him. We've seen him kill Pharaoh's army. Drowned by the Red Sea. We've seen God's miracle work before. Oh, King. Hallelujah, Jesus. We won't bow to your God. I won't bow to your religion. And we won't bow down to your world. But King, if I die, we will die. But King, one thing we want you to know is that we're not going to bow. And if our God still doesn't deliver, he's already. Look to yourself and say, he's already. He's already done it. That Lord, if he never works another miracle again, he's already done enough. If he never blesses you again, just for the mere fact that you can wake up and come into his presence and lift up holy hands and worship him, he's allowed you to live another day. It's a mere reason why you can say you've already done enough. If he doesn't do anything else, God, you already done enough. You're coming up when you put food on the table. You're coming up when you gave me the bread in my body. You're coming up when I can still count. You've done enough when I'm in my right mind. You've already done enough. So please, you can take that and swallow it. Hallelujah, Jesus. They get in the fire. They start to walk around. And you know how the story goes. The Bible says... The king looked at the furnace uh, and he commanded it seven times hotter. Hallelujah, Jesus. When you study this thing, it's almost impossible. Somebody say impossible. It's almost impossible for anybody to even walk in front of a furnace that is seven times hotter. There is absolutely no way that you can get even to the furnace door without you dying by the heat, without you dying by the smoke, before you even get to the door. Oh God Almighty, uh, uh, let me put it like this. Have you ever opened your car in the heart of summer? And the first thing that hit you before you even sit down in the car. I'm sorry for you if you haven't let us eat. Oh God. 
If you see it, the moment you open the door, the heat just lick you in your face. Can you imagine what it's like being in front of a furnace that is seven times hotter? These men should have died before they got in the fire. These men should have died before they even got to the door. But slap your neighbor for the first time and say, neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. You thought he was with you in the fire, but he was with you way before the fire. He was walking with you while you were in tears. He was walking with you while you couldn't sleep at night. Slap your neighbor and say he was there all the time. He was listening to your every tear. He was hearing your every prayer. He was hearing your every voice. All of your mourning and all of your groaning. He was there. Slap them one more time. And remind them he was there. He was there. He was But when I look at that song that says When he was on the cross You and I were on his mind Oh God Almighty But I realize That I was on his mind Way before he got to the cross I was, He was thinking about me When they cut the donkey And they tie him up He was thinking about me When he sat on the goat Hallelujah when he sat on the I rode him to Jerusalem. He was thinking about me. He was way before the cross. I was on his mind. He was thinking about me. He was there all the time. He was there. I don't know what some of you are going through right now. But one more time, slap your neighbor real good. Slap them, let them say ouch. Slap them, let them feel it. And remind them for me that he was there. He was there from the beginning. He was there in the middle. And he will be there at the end. He will be there at the end. He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. He will be by your side. He will walk with you. He'll talk with you. Stop mourning over it. You're stronger than this. You're built for 
God making a way. I can see God making a way. Hallelujah, Jesus. Stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to Power and Praises Deliverance Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to subscribe and help us reach others by sharing this message. And thank you for joining us.